Hello, this is I Want Her Job, the podcast, and today's different. I am doing this show with my partner, Brianne, the founder of I Want Her Job. Hello, everybody. So we're doing this show different because uh, Brianne had an idea that we would turn the mic on ourselves, and uh, I agreed. And so we're just going to talk about how Brianne started I Want Her Job, how we started the podcast. So uh, I'd love to just start, Brianne, tell, tell everyone how you started I Want Her Job. So this is one of my favorite stories because it was just one of those things that that happened naturally and it felt like it was meant to be. Um, I was working at the University of Montana as the youngest ever editor-in-chief of the Montanan, the university's alumni magazine. And, you know, I've always been very goal-oriented. So when I started, I had like five goals that I wanted to crush by the time that I you know, would, would eventually leave that position. And I was at the point where I met those goals and I was like, now what? Um, we were featuring all these amazing alums of the university in the magazine. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to be one of them. Like I want to, I want to, uh, go out on my own and experience something different. Um, at the time I was launching a lot of digital assets as well at the university, like their YouTube EDU channel, um, a special show with the president of the University of Montana at that time, George Dennison. And I kind of found these worlds converging in um, a bunch of informational interviews. So I traveled to Portland and I met with some really awesome people who were willing to sit down with me and let me pick their brains about working in advertising and marketing and digital. And I had gone to school for journalism, so I had a background that was good at kind of digging deep and asking questions. And, you know, we left and, and I had this awesome feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Not only is this the next path and the next step I want to take, but like, oh my gosh, these people had great advice. Like, how can I tell other people about this? Because I know that there were others at the time, like friends I knew, who were feeling kind of just as lost as I was about what's next. And it was also during the recession. So it was kind of a negative time in general. And I was like, this is so positive. Like, it's good to have this positive message. So at the time, I was running a fashion blog called 20-something Fashionista. And I had a column on there. And it was called I Want Her Job. And on that column, I featured uh, some of my friends from the fashion industry that I met while I was interning at Seventeen Magazine. And these friends had awesome jobs and awesome stories. And then all of a sudden, I just had this, this moment. Like, what if I combined that column with its own website and I start sharing these mini informational interviews on a website and I cater it specifically toward women. And so I launched on a WordPress site with five interviews with some of my good friends. And since then it's, it's grown and it's become what it is today. And it's super exciting. Okay. So how did you first hear about, I want her job because I don't think many listeners know, but we didn't know each other before we launched this venture. You know, I, I don't remember. It was one of those things where I was clicking around, and when I saw it, I thought, this is exactly the kind of podcast that I want to make, because I just really got into podcasts. Uh, somebody said, check out this podcast. I think it was Tim Ferriss, and I did, and then uh, this was about three years ago, and I started listening to other podcasts, and I took this two-day podcasting course through UC Berkeley, and I thought, you know, I'd love to start one around careers and informational interviews, and just... So when I saw your site, I'm like, this is it. This is exactly what I want to do. And I sent you a message through your, you know, contact us. And I said, pitched you and like, hey, would you want to do a podcast together? And um, I don't remember exactly how I found it. But when I saw it, I knew this was exactly the vision I had for a pod audio version. 
And something else that that's pretty interesting. So when you first pitched me, what was my response to you? You said no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was so, oh my gosh. And and some people now like knowing the podcast and loving it, they're like, why would Brie ever say no to this? Um, I was in this like super crazy time in my life. Um, I was getting married. I had just been in a pretty big car accident that totaled my car. Um, I had some uh, last-minute wisdom teeth removal surgery. There was crazy stuff going on at work. Like I just felt stretched at all levels, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't take on another thing. But Paulina flexed one of her really amazing skills, and you were persistent. So you reached out to me again. And you came back to me with research and you're like, great, no, this is like an expanding market. And like, we need to be in this and, and I want to do this with you. And I was like, okay, so who do I know that listens to podcasts? Because when you reached out to me, like, I didn't even know how to download a podcast. So <laughs> I, I, uh, talked to my husband, his long commute every day. So he listens to sports podcasts nonstop. And I'm like, should, should we do this? Like, is, is this something that makes sense? Like, and he's like, Oh my gosh, like you have to do this. And I'm like, well, I really, there was something about you that I really liked from the beginning. I liked that you came to me with an idea and you wanted to do something in the same space. And, but you didn't want to rip me off. You wanted to work together. And I was like, that's our mission. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I like this girl because she gets that. And I'm like, okay, so she seems like the kind of person I want to work with. And Admittedly, like I know nothing about podcasting, but let's give this a try. So, really, like my husband, like he he was great at nudging a lot. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> so when we when I I get all these girls to um, ask me questions about like, well, how do you start? How did you start your podcast? I want to start a podcast, and admittedly, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know how to start a podcast. So I really leaned on. Paulina, so do you want to talk a little bit about, I know you took the course at, at uh, UC, but do you want to talk a little bit about like how how you started it? Like, okay, we decided we're going to do this, then what happened? Yeah, so I really think, and you know, there's probably so many resources where you could learn how to do it, but two days is all you really need from somebody who teaches you beginning to end. So at this course, they taught us how to record um, using, you know, a, a handheld recorder. Then they taught us how to use um, editing software. So those are two things that you're going to need to do. You're going to need to use some kind of editing software. I use Adobe Audition, and uh, you know, and a recorder. And if you're going to do all your recordings through your phone or Skype, then you don't even need an extra recorder. So just editing, um, recording, and then just how you use a host. You know, there's somebody who's got to host uh, your shows. Um, and then the, the rest is really, it's really not, there's, it's not that difficult. Uh, yeah, and, and I think I think one of the, the cool things about us is, you know, when you read leadership books or, or you talk to people who are really great at building amazing teams, one of the things they say is they look for people who fill in the gaps of areas where they're not as strong. And that's something I've always believed in. And I'm sure you have too, Paulina. You've led some amazing teams, which we'll get to. Um, But one of the things I love about us is like we have similar like-minded long-term views on the world, but together we kind of have different interests. And so when we launched the podcast, you knew all about the tech stuff. And then we're like, we need interviews. Mm -hmm. So then we were able to leverage uh, the community that had been built with IWantHerJob.com to kind of kickstart that and, and make it happen. And then I also love that to this day, we have a wide variety of interviews on the podcast. 
because you'll bring in phenomenal women from places like the World Economic Forum and the World of Impact Investing and places where I have absolutely no connections and, and wasn't even that familiar with before listening to the episodes. And then I'll bring in like, oh, hey, I, I want to talk to, to Jean Marie who built, you know, the Starbucks brand because that's something I'm interested in. So I think we do a good job of, of bringing like a wide variety of content, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think the interesting thing is that you can learn from anyone. And I think like you've said, the more you listen to people outside of your field, the more you're likely, you know, to learn new things that you don't usually think about. And it's so transferable. If you're somebody in marketing and you're listening to somebody in finance or tech, just listen and see, you know, how they make decisions, what motivates them, you know, how they go about their day and you'll learn something. It doesn't have to be somebody in your field. And I completely agree with that because in my day hustle or my day job, because this is my hustle, <laughs> um, I work in marketing and I remember listening to one of the podcast interviews with a leading lady who oversaw user experience design for color. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away with how she approached her thinking and, and, and the research that she did and the insights that that research provided. And I'm like, you know what, there's stuff here that I can definitely apply in, in my job. So um, I, I think that's a totally fair point. And anyone who's listened to this podcast can practice that every day. Exactly. And I think one thing that we've done is tell me more. Well, we'll do uh, three or four different interviews in a field, right? So let's say you do want to go into impact investing, or we did one on flexible jobs where we interviewed about four founders who started different companies on how to provide more flexible jobs. So if you listen to those four, you're going to be really knowledgeable about the trends in that industry, how you get into that industry, what kind of job opportunities are in that industry, so you can go deeper. So I like that we're doing that also because sometimes one isn't enough, but if you listen to four ladies who are, let's say, director of marketing, you're going to have a really good grasp of you know, what are different entry points and what's it going to be like to get in, to get promoted and just the day to day, what is, what's the, um, the, the good parts and the not so good parts. And you need to know both. What do you enjoy most about the podcast? So I just love sharing stories of how women have found the careers that they love. I love hearing about the successes. Um, I think I try to tease out some of the failures cause that's something we don't talk about enough and just how people made certain decisions and how they got on certain career tracks. Because so many times, you know, you and I think, well, this is why you started this site is I want her job. And so we get to ask how people got those jobs. And so it, it demystifies it and it makes it more of a possibility for other people sharing it, learning about it and, and opening up um, pathways that people might think are actually closed, but, um, but they're not. I want to know what are some of your favorite productivity apps or time management strategies just because you have, you know, such a busy day. Well, one of my favorites is Asana. I love it for managing processes. As you know, one of my favorite things about it is that you're able to go in and all work together seamlessly in this great environment. And then it like has these little cute characters that fly across the screen when you <laughs> accomplish like every third task or something like that. And it's just, it's such an awesome sense of like, yeah, I did this and it, it feels good. I've always liked that reward mechanism with things. So I would say Asana is definitely at the top of my list. 
Um, one thing that I downloaded recently on my iPhone with the new upgrade is screen time. So I'm really interested to see kind of where I'm spending my time on my mobile device. Um, I'm someone who likes to kind of use it to put information out there rather than bring in information. So I'm interested to see kind of how my stats compare on that because one thing that I always love to do is track my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Laura Vanderkam on yes, the show previously. Absolutely. And she has that that time tracker that she puts out. And I've actually done that um, on three separate occasions. So I've done it like one week for the past three months because I thought I'm kind of nerdy and I wanted to not just look at one week's worth of data because I know that my week can change so much, like week to week, day to day, month to month. So by doing that, I'm hoping at the end of the year, I'm going to get all of my time logs together and then really get a nice holistic picture of where my time is going. So I guess that's a little more analog than maybe what you're looking for, but I still think it's important to know where your time is going because that's the only way that you can reprioritize and put your time where you want it to go. No, I love that. And it doesn't, it, it can be analog. Like I think so much we're trying to do everything on an app that shouldn't be done because it might take more time. And also speaking of Laura, I love that interview. I love the work she does. And um, I think, you know, in our conversation with her and in her books, there's just so many good strategies uh, for for managing your time and also for making bigger decisions. Like do you remember in that interview how she said women actually take these uh, part-time flexible jobs that Whereas if they went up the career ladder to a really high role that later on they'd have more flexibility. Right. It's, it's that whole concept. Like you think the more that you climb up the ladder, the less time you're going to have. But I love that she made the point that you can actually have more time because you're the one who dictates the meetings and the schedules and people almost start to work around you more. So it's, it's a great thing to remember. Like as you're progressing in your career, don't be intimidated to raise your hand and go for that next job. Even if you have kids at home like you do, or even if you've got, you know, a side hustle going, like it's, it's something that, you know, the further up you go, the more that it kind of can work for you rather than against you. Absolutely. I love that you're tracking your time. I I was talking to somebody at work who color codes their meetings so they know where they're spending more time. And I'm definitely not that organized. It'd be scary if I had a internet time tracker. I just don't even (laughs) want to know, but I think it's super smart to do that. Yeah, and just to kind of bring this back full circle to the beginning of the question too, Asana even has a time tracker in it as well. So I guess that's a way that you can kind of bring the you know traditional sense of tracking your time into a really cool tool. Yeah, and as you know, I try to get you, I use Evernote a lot for, for example, for ideas and for taking notes. And one of the things I've been doing is, like for example, I'll read a magazine article, I'll put the link there. Or uh, I when I've, I've started read like I highlight books. We talked about this obsessively, and then when I'm done, yeah. I transfer my highlights to Evernote, and then I'll print that out and put it in a binder. And so that way, like once a month, I can remind myself and go through the most important highlights of the book, so I don't forget. Because I just I'm one of those people like I don't have a photographic memory, and I'll forget. And I don't want to forget because these are amazing books, and I want to keep this the information with me. And that's been really helpful. I can't tell you how many books I've read, and I get to the end, I'm like, oh, that was a great book, and then I'll tell someone about it, and they'll be like, so what's it about? And I'll be like, um, um, and I'll remember, like, three little things from it. It's, it's ridiculous, but, like, I we've talked about this before, because I completely love picking your brain on what your system is, because, you know, I love reading books, too, and, like, I have a hard time kind of keeping that information, and 
I just recently started underlining books, um, you know, because I always felt like I couldn't. Yes. And so <laughs> that was one of those things like from growing up and going to the library. Um, and I still go to the library, so I still can't write in those books. So it's kind of like finding the best system that works for you. And whenever possible, I like to write my books now because it helps me. Then when I go back to them and I pick them up, I can kind of leaf through and be like, okay, this is what really stood out to me. Um, but I'm also not opposed to rereading a book either because I feel like if there's one that really touches you, if you go back to it, it can kind of have a different meaning for you, like five five years later when you're at a different point in your career. Absolutely. Like for well, for me, it's been transformative, like life changing to be able to highlight these the the most important parts or the the ones that really struck me and then and then go back to them. And I, I also love Audible and that's the problem I can't do with Audible, but I think the Audible immersive experience of the voice and just it's powerful too. I don't remember it as well on Audible, but it, it still stays, I think, in some other deep subconscious level. Of yeah, writing. it's almost more like a movie theater yeah. that way. Yeah. Like the theater of the mind. Sensory mm-hmm. experience. So I remember listening to one as I would jog, and now every time I do that jog, I remember that book and certain scenes. <laughs> That's so funny because I've heard, yeah, if you apply emotion to something you're thinking, it helps you remember it more. Yeah, yeah. But okay. What, what about, what are your favorite magazines? Oh my gosh, I love so many magazines. Um, so I, I don't know how many people know this, but my very first dream job that I held, so to speak, was working as an intern for a Seventeen magazine. I worked in the features and enter- entertainment departments, and I absolutely loved the experience and living in New York City and all that the opportunity had to offer. And so I grew up like loving magazines. My first dream job was to be a magazine editor. And I was completely just obsessed with magazines from Seventeen to Cosmo Girl, um, Teen People I loved, YM I loved. But then, you know, as I grew up, I started reading some other different magazines as well. And now I subscribe to something like 12 or 13 different magazines. Like, I can't get enough of them. <laughs> when do you have but the, the time ones, to read um, I, I'm really enjoying kind of at the moment. Um, one of them is Elle. Like, I think that Elle has always had great fashion content, but it's, it's you know, sometimes unattainable to me, and I look at it, and it's pretty for making collages. But um, I love that they really evolved into where they're talking about some really cool issues in the magazine now, and um, they touch a lot on careers as well. And I just think that it's, they've done a really good job with that and it's fun to read and then I've always been a fan of Marie Claire I think that they've always had really smart content that's broken through um one of the former guests Leslie Jane Seymour was the editor at Marie Claire for one of my favorite ever issues that featured the Charlie's Angels on the cover and instead of having your typical like celebrity interview she had the Charlie's Angels girls go and like do some sort of canyon cave hike and then come back and, you know, kind of share their photos and their experiences and what they learned in it. And I was like, that is so cool. You know, it was kind of like doing something fun with the guest beyond the interview before someone like Jimmy Fallon was doing it. It was the original. So as you can tell by my answer, like I could talk about magazines all day. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Um, another current favorite is Martha Stewart because I also have a real home streak in me, <laughs> just not with cooking. I could I could totally see that. And you were such a good writer, so I could see why that is just the perfect job for you and, and why I'm so lucky to have you as a partner. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, it's, <laughs> you're very sweet. One of the things that um, I learned in journalism school is the importance of curiosity. And I think it's something that we hear over and over again from the women that we interview on the podcast and on the website. 
Um, for example, Beth Comstock just talked about that in our conversation with her. And I, there's so many things, it's all about telling the story. So I think that's something that's really neat about whatever medium you're in that touches content. Like if you can tell a good story, at the end of the day, people will keep coming back to what it is that you're putting out there, whether it's writing or a podcast or a movie or a TV commercial even. Absolutely. Actually, I just read a really interesting book by Donald Miller called, I think, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. And I'm sorry if I screwed that up, but it was so interesting. It's autobiographical, but it's about how he decided to live a better story. So he, we went to this film writing class and, you know, he got very inspired by it and then just, just started making decisions based on, wait, is this a good story? <laughs> is, where's, where's it going to lead me? And his life totally changed. Um, which, may, you know, would made me think, wow, we can live our life as, are we living the story we want? How do you create a better story? And you need to take a risk and that risk needs to be really important, you know? So anyway. Right. No, I completely agree with you. It's like, I find kind of like it, it applies to your job search too, because a lot of times it's really easy to get in our heads, right? And to think like, oh my gosh, I should be doing this next with my career, or my mom expects me to do this, or everyone always thought I was going to be, you know, the, the advertising girl or whatever it might be to your situation. So I can't break the mold from that and go and be a veterinarian or make this departure. And I, I think it goes back to that at the end of the day. Like, I mean, what story do you want to tell? Like, what what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And figure out your why beyond that, too. Like, why do you want to be doing those things? And it, once you answer that, it kind of allows you to step outside of yourself a little bit. And instead of thinking in terms of, oh, my gosh, I feel this way. I'm overwhelmed. People have these expectations on me. You can look at yourself as someone who's telling your story and who's looking at you objectively and is like, oh, you know, you really mentioned that you have a passion and finding insights, like maybe a job and strategy is awesome for you, you know, mm -hmm. and then listening to that voice and not being afraid of what others have to say. I feel that there's so much power in story. And I feel that if we can just look at ourselves objectively, we can kind of help figure out our story a little bit more and not feel all the feels with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think for people who are still not sure what they want to do, uh, the Designing Your Life book, and I think I've referenced that a couple times by these two Stanford professors, it was really helpful because it, it broke down these myths where um, basically not everyone has a passion or I have to know the right answer. So it goes through all these. These are actually myths. And it tells you, it shows you, walks you through taking a designer mindset and, you know, testing things out. And... Um, I just thought the book was excellent in helping people and knowing that you're not weird, you're not different, you're not slow, you're just, you know you're just somebody who's who's figuring things out and um, and it was just excellent. And then another book that really kind of influenced me was uh, The Road to Character by David Brooks, where he profiles um, really amazing people throughout history, like Eisenhower, Viktor Frankl. And there was this part of the book where he talks about um, kind of we're in this uh, the culture of the big me and everything's very ego driven and I want to be rich and I want to be famous versus the people that he profiled. Um, he, he asked us to think like what does fate history need me to do right now versus what my passion is. So um, like how, how we're thrown together by fate or by history into a certain time and place. So instead of always saying, what do I want? Think about what does the world need me to do? So I think if you combine that with what am I good at and what do I enjoy and what does the world need? I think those are two really valuable perspectives to get you on the right track. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of going to that, that 
call of public service or call of duty. You know, if, if, if you are someone who's confused and, and you don't know what you want to do, that could be a great option to look at, you know, look where there's needs and see where you can contribute. Or even if you've had an amazing career that you've been in for 20 years and you're looking for more meaning or you're looking to do something different. I mean, there, there are so many needs in this world and so many missions that are bigger than us that we can get involved in. So sometimes you're right. I think it's not about so much like, what do I want to do? What's the hat I want to wear? But it can be a little bit more like, what impact do I want to make? And and what what small part of a legacy do I want to leave behind when, when I leave this earth? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Look at us getting super deep, Paulina. <laughs> so on that topic, um, you know, I've gotten to know you over the past few years and I absolutely adore you, which is no surprise, but I also know that you have this incredible background and you have this amazing story of how you grew up and the way in which you grew up. And I would love for you to share that with our listeners. I know you're always asking so many amazing women, like what their early influences were. So give us a peek into what yours was like. All right. You know, I don't love to talk about myself too much, so I'll, I'll make it quick, but, uh, so I was born in Belarus, so I'm, you know, was an immigrant with my family, and uh, my parents, they came here in the early 40s, uh, they had to change professions, and so they worked really hard. Uh, they are basically, you know, always working, and uh, it was a little bit lonely, but I think I told you before, they, they just had the best values. I mean, they're incredibly loving, giving, supportive, and I always knew that the most important thing was family, education, and work. I mean, they're... <laughs> So, you know, around choosing a career, um, they always uh, insisted that I be practical and it was more like do what, you know, what's going to be a profession that's going to support you. And I, so they never would, if I came home and said I wanted to go to art school, I, I would, there would be silence and then um, it would be really uncomfortable and then I would be talked out of it. So that's the kind of environment I grew up in. But on the other hand, you know, um, they, they were unconditional love and so despite their insistence, I was still confused and still managed to not listen to them and kind of get myself in a mess because I kind of halfway listened and halfway didn't. So I didn't <laughs> really do either. How did you start your career and what yeah. was your next step and how much did you listen to your parents? Yeah, well, you know, I I had to support myself. I mean, I moved out and I start, you know, I lived in the Bay Area, so I got jobs that kind of in the intersection of a business and tech, like business analyst or uh, technology consulting because um, they seemed like good jobs at the times. They paid my bills. They, you know, were interesting. I met great people. And so one job led to another. And I think in the back of my mind, I thought, well, one of these days I'm going to change tracks and do something that I'm really passionate about. And then, and then I had kids and then I realized that, you know, I think Kate White said this is that time, t there is, there is a box of time in certain things. Like if you don't start at a certain level, you're just not going to get your foot in the door. Um, on the other hand though, you know, from all these career conversations that I've listened to, I know that people do, but the way that they do that is they might volunteer or try to do a side project or meet someone in there or take a certification classes. Like there's still ways in, but it depends on what it is, not for everything. And you really have to hustle and you really have to want it. Um, if you're, if you're entering it late. 
So that completely uh, makes sense. And while it can kind of seem like downer advice a little bit, like it's also very practical advice too. But I, I also think it's important to point out that there's always that exception. And like you said, like there's always different steps that you can make on the path to making that change happen. And sometimes you can be in related industries and transfer to another industry too. So I'm in digital marketing. So it's not like I'm going to all of a sudden decide that I want to be a doctor. You know, I know that's not practical, but I do know that if I wanted to go into focus more on brand marketing, or if I wanted to focus more on consumer goods packaging or something like that, like I would have enough transferable skills to do that. Exactly. So you had these really great jobs where you were doing um, different, different, providing different types of insights. And one of the things I'm curious about is what types of companies did you do this, this work at? Sure. So one of them was walmart.com. And it was interesting how I ended up there because I uh, always been passionate about sustainability. And there's a Presidio graduate school in San Francisco, and they just offered their uh, sustainable management certificate. And I, I got into that program. And then Walmart, I think a recruiter reached out to me. And they had just started this whole green program. So I thought this is really good timing. Um, and, and I took that role. And uh, I have to say, I was a lot of really, really smart, motivated, driven people. And it was really good experience because, you know, Walmart's very numbers driven. And um, so it was it was interesting. And I think what really helps actually is looking at uh, the lists of best places for families, best places of women to work. And as I've reviewed the companies on that list, um, you know, I, I think it makes sense. I think those are really good places to start. Like if you want to apply to a company that has a great culture and is um, good for families. Um, I think they even do it, you know, good for working women. I think look at those lists. Yeah, I think that would be super helpful for a lot of people, especially when their net is wide and they're willing to move anywhere to go different places for work. I think whenever you have that really big net, you can really hone in and find that opportunity that fits you. So one of the things that I love asking people is one that I think that you'll have a really good answer for, but what do you want to learn more about? So much. There's so much to learn. There's not enough time, but... But I guess honestly, would just to make just to keep improving every day. I think there's so many areas for improvement, and also not to forget to be happy and in the moment. And while I'm trying to think, oh, how do I be better? Just stop and enjoy because the time goes so fast. So I think it's a balance of being better and really enjoying these days. I think that's really well put. I, I like that, and um, I feel like too you had some strong life lessons that taught you those things to value the moment. And I think that's something that's so beautiful that you took that and and now you're letting other people know about that as well. Thanks. What about you? Yeah. Ooh, man, there's like you to your point, there's a lot of things that I want to learn more about, but I, I feel like if I don't pick one, I'm not going to learn anything, right? Like I'm just going to be like, Oh, I, I want to learn about this and this and this, and then I'm not focusing on any one thing. Um, right now, something I'm trying to learn more about and, and get a lot better with is, is, you know, kind of like basic business fundamentals. Um, I never went to business school. Like we talked about earlier, I went to journalism school. And so running, I want her job has taught me things kind of by trial by error about, you know, things to do with, with lawyers and with setting up, you know, tech on the back end and backups and, um, managing, you know, different, um, different projects at once and, and different people working on the team. And, 
I feel that there's some things that like when I have a frustrating moment, it's usually something that has to go back to one of those core business school things. Mm-hmm. So I've been really self-taught in that sense. And um, I, I find that it's something that I want to learn more about. Like I want to learn more about the business side of the business so that I can do a better job. I'm, I'm a really creative person. I love to write. I love to tell stories. I'm very intuitive. I love branding and colors and, and, and setting the mood for something. But when it comes to, you know, looking, <laughs> looking at, you know, what the rules are for, you know, like a, getting a 1099 from someone or something like that, like it's, it's just not, not my thing, you know, it's not something that I enjoy. So that's something I'm, I'm trying to focus um, more on. And then I would say out, outside of work, something I'm looking to learn more about for myself personally is I'm always looking how different, different design goes to together. Um, and I'm always looking for inspiration for design. So whether that's watching uh, HGTV and going through magazines, or whether it's kind of driving around and seeing how people put together the spaces outside their front door, I'm, I'm always looking for different ways to position things and kind of create a mood and create a moment. Because I think that to your earlier point about, you know, focusing on the moments you're in, to me, and for someone like me, it's just as much about the space that you're in when you're having those moments. And so I, I would I would love to kind of be more of an environment creator, if that makes sense. So it's just something that's a hobby of mine that I enjoy learning more about. Yeah, I can see that in you. And that's why I love having you as a partner, because like you said, we both have different kind of uh, strengths. And I, yeah, I mean, I know that you'll figure out the business stuff, but I also know that if I give you something, you're going to make it beautiful, whether it's words or how something looks visually. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And absolutely. We would love for people, as you as you mentioned at the end of the episodes, to email us at podcast at IWantHerJob.com. Tell us who you want to hear from. Tell us what you're going through. Tell us if a certain podcast meant something to you or if we're totally missing an area that you think is super awesome that we should know more about. Um, so definitely reach out. And then I would say another really big thing, and I know you'll agree with me on this, is that it's all about word of mouth with us. So we really appreciate those of you who subscribe to our podcast, who share it with others, who sign up for our newsletter, um, who go back and read uh, IWantHerJob.com, our companion as well. I It means more to us than you know. And the more that you guys do that, the more that we can bring really amazing guests your way really fun to come on and to to have a great conversation with you and I think to show what we are like as women you know because we're often so behind the scenes with the site so it's really fun to see our career stories and what we went through and hopefully it provides some um, inspiration for you guys as well.